Welcome to another edition of Baseball and Beyond. Today, we are joined by Cardinal Hall of Famer, and in my opinion, should be in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Jim Edmonds. Hello, Jim. Good afternoon. How are you? Look, at you're going to text during the interview. This is, you're such a multitasker, you're not going to listen to the questions. I am listening all around, but my wife sometimes gets uh, first billing. Okay, well, we'll just, let's see what she's up to. What's going on with her? Um, She's trying to park tonight, so she's trying to park. So we're just making sure that she gets into the game. Now, she is becoming quite famous as well. I mean, you used to run this town, but I got to say, Megan is uh, becoming quite the the celebrity as well in town, maybe across America. Yeah, it's amazing what um, TV can can do for you and uh, a little show but seems to be one of those tv <laughs> shows that the whole world watches and uh, actually somebody paid for her her nails to get done today okay. and just out of um straight curiosity i'm sure and and very nice but uh yeah she's having fun with it I'm, i don't know uh, how much longer she's gonna be able to handle it because of uh we were expecting a child and uh we were trying to really um make St. Louis our, our center location for, for the future and, and try not to travel too much anymore. And you've become a star of the show, too. I guess you probably did not realize how big a star you'd become from this. I mean, now you're a huge celebrity. Yeah, I get a lot of hate mail because everyone thinks that I'm as mean as I look on TV. But uh, what people don't see is um, the fact that we're filming for four or five hours and I'm at the end of my day or I've just flown across country to meet with her and just to be there for that and so I get a little irritated by uh, reality TV at times but it's just not my thing so we have fun with it we enjoy it and sometimes the uh, editors having fun with it too and they try to make a little controversy. Well, we would never do that in TV. I've never edited anything to make to, to make it look bad. But you just have, keep having kids; it'll make her have to come back. Yeah. Well, that's I think the one reason why we. I don't know if we can keep coming back because uh, kids are obviously a big part of our lives, and um, you know, taking up more and more time of our day uh, and, and year each and every year it passes. I really thought we'd start with baseball. I had no idea that's the way this would go, but you were texting Megan. Um, but I did start at the beginning of this about the Hall of Fame, and I, I know you might downplay it, but I, I am curious. I don't think I've even asked you about it, about um, just what it was like this this uh, winter when you found out that it not only didn't you not even get in, which I, I think maybe five years from now you may have been able to, but the fact that you won't even be on the ballot. Would it, had that sunk in that that's over, and did, did that kind of kind of break your heart thinking about that? Yeah, there was a lot of emotion. I think that um, I didn't expect to get in right away. I expected uh, a tough voting class with the group of guys that are still on the list. I was disappointed and and a little hurt that I got 2% of the vote. I thought that I had a pretty good career. Maybe not Hall of Fame worthy, but definitely um, I would think that hopefully more people would have thought of me than than what happened. But the good news is uh, I don't have to think about it anymore. So my dad said the same thing. He was like, well, at least you don't have to be bothered every year at this time about it. And we'll move on. And uh, it was something that was really cool and would be amazing. But uh, it's not going to happen. And we move forward with our lives. There was uh, guys in there. Ozzy got in there basically on his defense. He did have some his uh, uh, offense towards the end of his career. But, I mean, when you put yourself on the map, I think obviously everyone thinks of the catch in Kansas City as an Angels player. And I know you always say, oh, I was just doing my job. But when you think of that play now, that it is pretty iconic. I mean, it's it, people, when they talk about you, you'll still see those that play compared to plays today. Does that kind of give you a little thing about, eh, that 
Okay, I, I like that play. That was because we obviously saw how excited you were after it after it happened. But uh, tell me a little bit about what it means now when you when you think about how what I call iconic a play that is. Well, I don't. You know, it was just something that happened. Uh, happened to be in the right place at the right time, and you can see uh, that it happens a lot each and every day. But you know, it's just one of those things that's pretty cool that you are remembered for something. I mean, you could play seventeen years and not do anything spectacular or special, and kind of just go away and I think that at least for me that I'll be remembered for that and there's a few other plays in, in this city that people will remember locally but I think other than that it's just it's a really neat thing I, I'm glad that my kids can uh, see it especially the younger ones but uh, I really don't give it too much thought anymore but it is gratifying to know that there is some kind of baseball history with your name behind it. I, I think I did say this one time, though. It has to be cool for you when you walk into this ballpark and you see the Game 6 catch or you see the Game 7, uh, I'm sorry, Game 6 home run, Game 7 catch in uh, 2004. And I think I remember you saying, I think it'll be more for my kids. But when you see those things now, do you ever really get a chance just to go, man, that was pretty cool? Well, the thing that um, for me now is, you're right, it, it is pretty cool that, you know, you can be remembered. And that's the thing, I think, if... Anybody that wants to play in a sport and, and leave kind of a legacy or any kind of uh, something left behind, I mean, there's no better way to do that and have them show you on the on the scoreboard from time to time, and especially for my family and my kids. But, uh, you know, it, I've seen it so much now, I've almost become a fan. It's like I don't really even remember it happening. I've seen it, and it's almost like now I'm watching highlights of someone else. But uh, it's kind of surreal. It, it is definitely fun to be a part of, and uh, those, those years that we had here were, will never be forgotten. I did want to go back to the de- defense early in your career. It seemed like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. got all the pub. And, and was there a rivalry at all for you? I know I've heard stories about him having a rivalry with you. And did you guys ever get a chance to talk about that now that he's out of the game? Uh, the fact that you know he got all the pub and then some nights you would be on SportsCenter and someone has said he may have called Dan Patrick and said, hey, you know, what's with the – I had a better play last night. Yeah, no, I don't really get into that too much, and it doesn't bother me. Everyone has their own way of living their life. And, uh, you know, I just went out there and did the best I could and played the game and uh, really didn't think about it. I obviously watched Sports Center and I saw times where there was, I thought, made a good play, never made it, home runs never made it, so that happens. But, uh, um, you know, I didn't, didn't really think much of it. I think it's just part of, you know, the luck of the draw and... Uh, the one thing I do remember is early on in my career, I think that they used to give uh, gold gloves to right, center, and left, and then they quickly switched it to just a bunch of outfielders. So that helped a little bit. It hurt me a couple years early on. So either way you look at it, I benefited from just going out there and playing the best of my abilities and I'm maybe a little reckless at times, but it was a lot of fun. Earlier in your career, this is a great YouTube clip. You and uh, uh, the Angels get in a pretty good brawl with the A's. And uh, this is when you're an angel, and Tony is uh, uh, obviously with the A's. Mark McGuire's with the A's. I don't know if you remember this, but you're in the middle of this. You see Mark. You see Tony going crazy. Tell me a little bit about that night and that brawl, because us Cardinal fans just don't remember it. And uh, young in your career, but to see those, that's a pretty big group of great players and crazy names. Yeah, that was a uh, a day I remember. Um, something happened, and... Um, I do remember that I think Tim Salmon got hit or somebody got hit and words were exchanged. And Sean Bosky was a pitcher on our team, rushed the mound against Jim Corsi. And he rushed the mound from our dugout. And he went out in there and tackled. Then we kind of got into a fight. And I do remember Big Mark was uh, 
big, and uh, <laughs> he kind of set the tone for everybody getting out of the way. Um, but they had a fiery team, and, and we had a young team that was scrappy and, and pretty, pretty nasty. We got into a few fights when I was young, and uh, it was just one of those moments. It's funny to look back and see all those guys and when before Tony and everyone else had gray hair. and um, Tony still doesn't. Though. Tony still doesn't, but, uh, you know, it's just things that happen on the field. It's kind of like the first day I was in the res uniform, we got in a big fight against the Cardinals, and I was kind of in no man's land. So it's just one of those things, but some flare-ups that definitely happened back in the 90s a lot more than they do now. I want to ask about that fight because the more I've heard about the Reds fight, the more I realize Scott Rowland really was mad. I thought he was not. I thought he was being trying to be peacemaker, but he actually was really mad at Chris Carpenter that day. I found out later. Um, just a little bit about that day on your perspective. You said you hadn't been there, but uh, to see Chris Carpenter and Scott Rowland go at it, to me, I thought, okay, he's trying to peacemaker, but he wasn't. I think uh, Scott's the kind of a personality that he's going to stick up for whoever he's supposed to stick up for, and regardless of friends, if he thinks you're in the wrong, he's going to step in front of you and and uh, and tell you about it. I don't know what was going on between them, but that was my very first day <laughs> in a Reds uniform, and um, you know, I just kind of kind of got in the middle of it, trying to break it up, and I remember Dave Duncan going to the ground, and all I could think of is if somebody's going to step on him and, and fall on him, something he's going to get hurt, so I remember just kind of hovering over him, trying to protect him, and I thought, you know, no, at that point, not a whole lot of loyalty to the Reds, and a whole lot of loyalty still to the Cardinals. And no matter what happened, I, you know, I was there to make sure that I could do the best I could to, to um, protect whoever looked like they were in trouble. Tell me about how your relationship with Tony evolved because you get here in 2000, and I'm not sure how it was then, but you have a great season. Um, I know you've said father figure, but early on. He can grade on people. I'm assuming, I don't know if that's how it started with you, but how did it start with you? He was great. He called me in the very first day and said, uh, we know about you. We've done our homework. We know what you can do and just go out and do it. And, uh, you know, as time progressed, we had a lot of uh, older guys in 2000 and 2001 came, 2002, and he said, okay, you're now your older guy and you're the guy everybody's watching. And you need you need to lead by example and you need to be the one running on the field when we're losing or winning and you need to be running out the balls when you're struggling or you're hot. So um, it's kind of something I tried to do the best I could and lead from his example. And I love the way he taught me the game and taught me how to grow up and uh, gave me a lot of responsibility and I loved it. You get a good career going here. 04 is, is one year that I think everyone will remember how great that team was. And I just I know you've thought that the 03 team may have been better and maybe the 02 team. Uh, but 04, I've heard you say that you just feel like something weird may have happened in Boston. Tell me a little bit about how angry it makes you guys that, that your 04 team is so good and you got to fly to Boston overnight and you got to work out at 6 in the evening and it's raining and then you have to play game one. And, and maybe that, not destiny for them, but who knows what it was. Yeah, no excuses. I mean, they beat us and, and they deserve to win. But uh, it was a weird situation. I mean, we traveled late at night. We, we had to go through a lot to get there. Uh, hotels were booked up because their traveling secretary didn't think that they were going to get into the World Series. And uh, so we had a lot against us. And uh, like I said, no excuses, but we didn't play well. And they played a little bit better. And game one was a huge, huge game. And uh, there was a point in the middle of the game where we lost control of it. And we lost control of the series after that. The catches in Cincinnati. Um, everyone talks about how great they were, but I love the story you talk about the night Izzy's on the mound because you went crazy after that one, and everyone thought, "Oh, he's so excited, he made his third catch." But that actually wasn't what it was about. Yeah, it was about me and Izzy having a beer. Uh, maybe the I think it was the night before, and he had said, "I think he saw a highlight." Oh, actually, we were sitting there watching the highlight from that night, and when I robbed the home run, and he said, "How can we never do that for me?" and 
kind of became just like a silly little thing. I said, well, no one ever hits home runs off of you. And the very next night, I think it was one of the first couple pitches of the inning, and uh, Jason LaRue hit a ball over the fence, and I went and caught it. But I was kind of laughing at the fact that I can't believe we were literally just talking about this, and it happened within 12 hours or 24 hours. So um, crazy things happen in this game, and those were one of the, that was one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. I was going to say, and that's uh, what I think about with you was you were here uh, a really good portion of time now in these days. We don't know how many t- guys are going to stay here seven, eight years. I mean, memories like that, do you have any other that just kind of stick out that maybe we haven't heard a story about? I love that story that you and Izzy are talking one night in Cincinnati at a bar and then the next night it happens. I mean, it, it, I know it's the relationships and stuff like that, but are, are there any others that kind of come to, to mind about just being uh, a teammate of these guys and, and the things that happen off the field that maybe go back to the on-the-field stuff? Um, you know what? Not really in that aspect. I think there's a lot of times when – you know, guys can go out there on the field and, and talk about um, certain ways to approach the game. Or I remember uh, in the 2006 World Series, uh, Fernando Rodney was pitching, and he had a really good changeup. And um, we had talked to someone that was going up to the plate, I believe it was Preston Wilson, and I said to him, unless his changeup is chest high, do not swing at it. And uh, Preston went up there and got one of the, the biggest uh, key hits for us in a game. And um, just things like that. I mean, it's it's so great when you work as a team and you go through so much adversity and you go through the grind, you know, talking about just going out there every day and trying to compete. And um, when things go right, it's just so much more special. It's it's crazy how things can, people put their mind to it and listen and work together. That crazy stuff goes on. Yeah. We have a couple more minutes with you. I appreciate your time. I uh, started looking up how many times Carlos Zambrano had hit you, and I think it was 15. Uh, I'm just kidding. I think it was six or five or whatever. But what yeah, – Cubs-Cardinals back then was great. But what was going on with him, and why did he just not like Jim Edmonds? It seemed like this was personal with the big guy. Well, I think that um, – you know what? Albert did a lot of damage against him, and Scott did a lot of damage against him. So I kind of fell in between, and I hit a few home runs off of him too. So I think that one day he was just – he threw at me just because, um, you know, he'd always throw cutters inside, and sometimes they'd nick you or they'd hit you. And he threw me a cutter that – hit me in the leg and um the next time I went up I hit a ball out of the stadium against him and then uh the next time I think Albert um hit a home run off him and then I was behind Albert so you know he's just kept throwing so you know he was one of those guys that you never knew even even when I played for the Cubs um the guys on the team didn't know what he was going to do and didn't know how he was going to act but I'll tell you what when I played for the Cubs he couldn't have been nicer and more respectful um he was a really big kid you know, he really never uh, looked at this game for anything more than just being fun. And sometimes I think the maturity level of guys like that just don't really get it at times. And, and then they have to apologize after. But you know what? He apologized to me. Uh, he had nothing but fun playing the game. And he was he was a little bit of a you know, intense competitor. And sometimes that boils over. Those are weird situations too, right? When you I know the Mike, Mike Matheny, Julian Tavares story where you got to go play with a guy that may have been throwing at you I mean that has to be weird to be part of that but it seems like you uh, did it very well um do you have any other ones that you I mean the, the Matheny Tavares ones do you do you have any other guys that that was no, that had to happen? no not really I really did it um, there's obviously guys that you just dislike playing against but then you end up playing with them and you realize that they are um you know they are super nice guys and just like you and it's funny some guys you're scared of some guys you're not and they end up being the reverse order, and um, 
you know, everyone's out there just trying to do their job. And, you know, intensity happens because of the, the heat of the battle. And sometimes things turn out pretty ugly on the field. And sometimes they end up working out. So it, I found over the years that when you end up being on the same team with a lot of guys, you end up getting along with them and everything's just fine. You get to keep any memorabilia and do you have a favorite piece or anything that you've collected in your day or is that kind of not what you do no I, I really don't have a lot I kept a few things um, I didn't really collect and I didn't really um, I, I collected a lot of my stuff or I kept a lot of my stuff so I have a lot of it at home but not you know other than the gold gloves I think not a lot of stuff on display I have a few pictures that were really special to me but other than that I've really tried to get away from the game and really focus in on my family and I think that they uh, pretty much are the subject matter in our home now. Yeah, where are the gold gloves? They're in my office. They're just sitting in my office uh, by my desk and then other than that most of the time you're going to see uh, pictures of the kids and the family and uh, you know stuff like that. Just an like ordinary office. And you're a St. Louis and it seems like. I mean you really, I know you spent a lot of time in, in, in uh, California but I think you're a full-fledged St. Louis and right? Are we kind of close to saying that? I mean you're, you're bringing, like you said, the wife's coming back. We have kids here and, and what's that been like for you to kind of, you're a California guy but uh, people love you here and you seem to love this sort of Midwest field. Well I like it. I like both and I've, I've spent a lot of time in Orange County and uh, you know this just because of the situation that's kind of developed in my life. This is where we were for a long time and uh, it's kind of grab a hold of you and just keeps you close here so I, I love being around the game here and with the Cardinals and always try to do stuff with them and it's kind of a little bit better situation for me professionally and in the long term to be here and uh, like I said you know California is always going to be there um, my wife works there we're there a lot but kind of trending back towards St. Louis full-time so lastly I just realized as we go back to the very beginning of the interview we may have broke some news that no more Bravo after this season? I mean, that that's I think that's newsworthy. Well, I don't know if it's no more for sure, but it's something we're thinking about. And, um, you know, I... I know you're thinking about it yeah. probably more. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things. We're You know, right now we're focusing on, on having a child and, uh, and adding to our family. So, you know, I don't know how that's going to play into the mix for next year yet. Well, Andy Cohen's calling right now. Yeah. you got to get that. I've already texted him about it. We've had the conversation, so we'll see where it falls. <laughs> I really appreciate your time, Jim. Uh, always fun to talk about the old times. Uh, you're a great player, Cardinal Hall of Famer. Should be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And how are you enjoying the TV, this last thing? You're, you're a TV broadcaster, a thing that I really can't believe that you like doing because I just figured you'd enjoy just sitting by the pool and not watching these games. But you seem, and I, and I really enjoy the kind of the things you've brought, new things to the, to the uh, telecast because of uh, what you see from outfielders that we haven't heard from. We have pitchers on the broadcast. Well, I think it's, uh, it's been fun. It's, it's been something different. I like to do things that are different. And um, it's interesting. I get to kind of stay close to the game. I spend some time with these kids in spring training. It's a chance for me to watch them a little bit more, be involved, um, and try to bring a new perspective to this um, fan base that I think, you know, we all watch the game on TV and think it's really easy and want to let people know that there's a lot going on and it's always not that easy out there as, as, as it looks on TV. So uh, it's a challenge. It's something different, and I'm enjoying it right now. You're doing a great job. We appreciate your time. Jim Evans on Baseball and Beyond, and no more Bravo. You, you heard it here on Baseball and Beyond. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes and follow me on Twitter at Brad Strobinger. See you next time.